What's going on, guys? Izumi Hongus here, back with another podcast. Hopefully, it doesn't die out this time. I'm really excited to be back uh, on this. And I want to talk today about Canon M50, Sony A7R3, and Sigma's brand new lenses for the Sony mounts. Starting off with the Canon M50. Now, you know, it's the first 4K mirrorless camera by Canon. And to be honest, I'm impressed, yet not impressed, or just a little irritated because I keep on trying to defend Canon. And because every single time over the past years, I've said it's a missed opportunity. We've seen it with the Mark VI, the six, I mean the 6D. We've seen it with the 5D Mark IV. And I feel like this is another massive opportunity that they missed out on. And, you know, I can only be saying that for so long. But first and foremost, let's talk about it. Um, underneath this beautiful machine, we have a three inch swiveling touchscreen, which is awesome for vloggers. It has touch to drag autofocus for selecting your desired points or wherever you need to go. Um, it's really great. It has the dual pixel raw on it, which is great, but we'll, let's hold up on that dual pixel raw, right? Um, it also has autofocus, five axis in body stabilization. They also have lens IS, which is great. They have a pop-up flash, NFC, Wi-Fi, wireless connectivity, all this great stuff. But here's the problem. There is no dual pixel raw when you're shooting 4K and the 4K is cropped. Now, this is really annoying because it's already a cropped sensor. So instead of having like a 16 millimeter, you have a 45 millimeter lens. And I don't really understand that. I don't understand why you keep on janking our chain and being like, all right, we're gonna give you a little bit taste of this and we're not gonna give you all of it. So you have a 45, so technically you would need to have like an eight millimeter lens in order for you to have like a 24, which is really annoying. It doesn't do this during uh, 1080, but it does do it in 4K. And I feel like a lot of people are gonna be shooting in 4K However, I don't think it I don't think it should matter for vloggers because I don't see too many vloggers shooting in 4K. I feel like that's more for the high-end people. But it's it's really annoying. I don't know why they keep on doing this. I love you, Canon, but really annoying for you to do this. Now I feel like Anchor has a new update and I can only record for three minutes. So I'm gonna stop here and I'm gonna add the music and then I'll get back to the Sony. Alright. Okay, <clears throat> okay. I don't, I don't like. Oh, okay. We'll review the user interface about the new anchor. But all right, continuing on. Sony A7 III. Now this is an amazing starter camera, full frame camera for the price. If you're looking to upgrade, uh, man, I keep on having to say Sony is amazing because they're crushing it. I wish that this was the 6D Mark II. So let's talk about the Sony A7 III, a 24 megapixel backlit aluminum uh, Exmor R CMOS sensor. It's the first of its kind. I don't know what the technology does because it's, I'm not an engineer, but it's supposed to make the pictures look nicer. I'll look more into that and get back to you. And it has an amazing ISO range of 100 to 51,200. And it is expandable to 14-bit raw and 14 and 15 stops, a dynamic range. Low light sensitivities, amazing, man. This is like 
Like I just drool over this camera because it's so good, but I'm, I'm a Canon shooter for life. And 10 frames per second with both mechanical shutter and in silent mode. 40 uncompressed raw photos at a time, 89 compressed images. Uh, I don't know what the, okay, uncompressed. Oh, 89 compressed raw and 40 uncompressed raw images. So pick your choice. I would go with the uncompressed personally. 107 a standard JPEGs, but who shoots JPEG anyways? And you can do live mode, eight frames per second with the manual viewfinder and little LCD lag. Oh man, this is like really good. Five axis in body stabilization, which we talked about and which will help you with slow shutters. This can shoot 4K, no pixel binding. The camera can do 1080 at 120 frames per second. And it's really good, man. Like I would highly suggest this camera. I, I feel like Sony's finally understanding that they need to be a hybrid system that's proper for both Sony and that's both video and camera and this is like the beginning of it this is like the beginning of the end where people are gonna have a really tough choice because it's really good like i see the potential with both photo and video 120 frames per second in 1080 dude the mark 3 does the mark 4 doesn't even do that and that's insane such a small body still i don't really think it's economically correct right now if you're a beginner but I'm saying it like Sony's destroying it right now. These are the specs that I wish both the Mark III and the Mark IV had. The difference between Canon and Sony is that Sony's not being as selfish with their technology trying to push it out. So if you get this and you fall in love with it, you'll fall in love with the system and you'll want to upgrade to higher end bodies. All right, now let's talk about the Sigma lenses for Sony. Today is just Sony day because even Sigma is recognizing that Sony is crushing it. Now they finally unveiled Sony E-mount lenses, which is really great. So that means, I guess, a less reason to get a Metabone, which personally I've never been a big fan of, but they have unveiled so many lenses, seven lenses in total for the Sony E-mounts which is a 14mm 1.8, 20mm 1.4, great lens, 24mm 1.4, 35 1.4, amazing, 50mm 1.4, great, a 70mm macro, which looks really, really weird in my opinion, an 85 1.4, a 105 1.4, and a 135. So the whole thing is there, everything is there, it's all primed, it's all good stuff. I've raved about the Sigma so much downfall i think again no weather ceiling i didn't talk about weather ceiling but sony's getting on it and uh one really unattractive thing about this is basically um i don't know it looks really weird because there's like an extra extension it looks girthier girthy what a weird word but yeah it looks really really odd um but these this is amazing that sigma is able to get the sony mounts Put it on here, there's a less reason to get it. If I were to suggest any any one of these lenses to you, it would definitely be the 20 and the 35. And I heard of the 85 uh, from past reviews is like the sharpest 85 ever from DxO Mark. Um, but that's really great. Also, the new anchor interface is a little weird. I think I'm gonna be digging around and be giving you kind of a small review on what's going on, but 
I, I really like it. I don't like that there's no three. There's it went from a five minute recording to three minutes. And when I was trying to make it into episodes, I don't know how that works now because is it gonna show up on like Google Play as one of them at a time? Or I'm a little confused. So I'm gonna do a little review. I'm gonna look around and I'll get back to the review. All right. All right, guys. Um, so I had to do a little bit of digging around with the new anchor update. So it's really interesting. I feel like there's less buttons. It's a little bit less cluttered, which I really like. I'm really confused about. So it usually, so I, now I can make episodes, and I can add to that segment of episodes within the app, and. It'll, I don't know how it works when it comes to like the Google stuff, you know, they add it up to also, uh, what do you call it? They add it to the Google Play Store and they add it to various other podcasting plays in the iTunes Store. So I'm a little confused as to how they're going to stitch them together because usually uh, making the episodes at the end is when it would stitch them all together and then send them off to their desired uh, podcasting places. But now it doesn't do that. Um, and it also got a website update, which I really like. Um, it gives me my total playtime overall. Thank you to every single person that's listened to my voice. I have 23 minutes of playtime, 4.6 episodes. It's really great. It shows you a whole bunch of analytics, and I'm really happy about that. It tells you um, where the where who's listening to you on the iTunes Store and the Apple Podcast Store, which is great. Thank you to the two people that are listening to me, and everywhere else. I think other might be the Google Play Store and other places um but i really like that they give you these analytics analytics have become really really important and i'm going to use them um let's see I, I wish there were just more people on here and that i feel like since people are, are so used to other podcasting apps that maybe anchor isn't providing like a link for me at the end um so i can share it with everybody else right so Maybe once you, or like what I mean is like, it's available on the Google Play Store and people are more likely to subscribe to it on the Play Store than go to Anchor, the podcasting app itself. So maybe if it would do that, I like that I now have a direct link. I can embed the code into like my website, which is really great, which might be a way for me to get more people. I can still add uh, for my computer. That's really great. I really love that. And yeah, like I really like the new update. They didn't over they didn't overkill it. My profile looks way cleaner. You can subscribe into multiple play, multiple places. They can now get me into podcast sets. Um, it's really great. I think it's still very underrated, and I think I'll keep on using it. And there's also a tablet version, which I don't think too many people are focusing on now. Um, but it's really great. I really love it. This that's all for today. I thank you so much for your time and your attention. I hope that you can continue to listen and I'll catch you in the next one.